Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 16, where we travel the 165 miles from east of Leeds, that's the one in Alabama, to Meridian in Mississippi. We're passing at the current time on quite a high embankment, yet again, and round yet more steep curves. It's interesting, this track isn't built into the side of a hillside but it's going through country that undulates, therefore embankments and cuttings, past a group of houses with lots of rusty metal outside them, just past through a town, maybe it's a city, but it had Stone's taxidermy in it, and then there was a car breakers and a car repairers. I wonder who supplies who. So that town we've just passed through, it's called Leeds, not like the Leeds I know in West Yorkshire, where I went to university. Somewhere much more modest. And now we're passing another long, long freight train. Containers double stacked. It's waiting for us to pass so that it can use the single track that we've just been coming along. Fifty feet below us we're passing a river, a rock-strewn river. It's quite shallow. I wonder if it gets fuller in winters. It's not a big river, but you can see the water making its way down river, over the rocks, and the white of the water breaking up into a foam. And then it's back into the trees with the dappled light. We're now in a cutting. They must have shifted thousands of tons of rock and soil between making the cutting and the embankment that we spend a lot of our time traveling on. I'm not sure when this line was first built, but much of the work would have been done manually. That is quite a task, particularly in the hot, humid climate in this part of Alabama.
we're about 20 minutes out of Birmingham. We've just gone through Irondale because there used to be an iron and steel industry in Irondale. On October the 5th, 1887, the people of Irondale petitioned for incorporation. The town incorporated as Irondale after the Irondale Furnace on October the 19th, 1887. In 1916, a magnitude 5.1 earthquake caused some damage and was felt in neighboring states. Our stop in the largest city in Alabama was scheduled for late lunchtime, but we're running about 1 hour 40 minutes late. Known as the Pittsburgh of the South, it was founded in 1871 as an industrial city with its industries centered around iron and steel. It was named after Birmingham in the West Midlands of the United Kingdom, itself an industrial city near the heart of the start of the Industrial Revolution. The Birmingham area is the only place in the world where significant amounts of iron ore, coal and limestone, the three key raw materials for the steel industry, are found close to each other. Today the economy is diverse as banking, insurance, medicine, publishing and biotechnology are all important to the city. Actress Courtney Cox, singer Taylor Hicks and band leader Lionel Hampton all hail from Birmingham. As we're heading through the freight yards on our way into Birmingham, I could see in the distance an air separation plant. There's no mistaking the separation column. The only problem was there was no logo on it, so I don't know which company it belongs to. We've just passed the old Schloss Furnaces steel making facility. I say old because there are trees growing out of parts of the plant, but apparently it's a national historic building. Schloss became a National Historic Landmark in 1981. It operated as an ironworks from 1882 to 1971. After closing, it became one of the first industrial sites and the only blast furnace in the United States to be preserved and restored for public use as a museum in the city of Birmingham. There are two 400-tonne blast furnaces and some 40 other buildings. Nothing remains of the original furnace complex and the oldest building dates from 1902. This houses the eight steam-driven blowing engines that provided air for the furnace combustion process. The engines were installed between 1900 and 1902 and the boilers installed between 1906 and 1914 produced steam for the site until it closed. Between 1927 and 1931 the plant underwent a major development program with the blast furnaces and the charging and casting machinery being replaced. The two furnaces were rebuilt and enlarged in 1927-28 and this doubled the plant's production capacity. 
Much of the site today reflects the changes made between 1927 and 1931. However, some of the technology is newer. Birmingham Station is a service stop for the Crescent. It's located on the site of another originally built by the Louisville and Nashville Railroad in 1960 and demolished in the 2000s. The current station was built at a cost of $32 million and opened in 2017. It includes the Max Bus Station, Greyhound and Megabus, in addition to Amtrak, and also the city's Zip Bike program. There is a police substation, a food service area, retail outlets and the Birmingham Jefferson County Transit Authority's corporate offices. Over 37,600 Crescent passengers used the station in 2019. They may have spent $32 million on the station here in Birmingham, but they didn't spend any of those dollars on the platforms and trackside area which looks very 1940s, probably 1940s when the last coat of paint was put on. On the right, just after leaving Birmingham Station, we passed a decent-sized scrapyard. A great number of railway bogies there, along with all manner of other items. We're now travelling at a reasonable speed south of Birmingham. As we left Birmingham, the sky was quite grey. There was no sunlight. But now, the clouds seem to be breaking up a little, and some sun is breaking through. There are patches where well, it's quite bright upon the leaves. Just passed through another small community. The engineer hard on the horn to make sure that people don't stray onto the crossings. One hour and 40 minutes late We've reached the station at Tuscaloosa, another station with a short platform because the train is parked across yet another level crossing. The city is home to the Brant-Denny Stadium, home of the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. The team has notched up the most bowl appearances and wins of any team in college football. The city is the home to the University of Alabama. Known by many as Bama, the university is the flagship school of the University of Alabama system. Tuscaloosa is named after the Choctaw, Chieftain Tuscaloosa, who was defeated by Hernando de Soto in 1540. Between 1826 and 1846, the town was the capital of Alabama. It's a center of industry, commerce and healthcare. Mercedes-Benz announced its first North American assembly plant in 1993. 
The Bama Theatre was one of the last traditional movie palaces built in the South and was the only air-conditioned building when built in 1938. Because the platform was so short, the trainers had to pull forwards to allow the sleeping car passengers to get off at the station as well. At the level crossing just beyond the station, there is now a good queue of cars in both directions. Tuscaloosa Station opened in 1911. It's one mile south of downtown and currently only serviced by the Crescent. The station was originally operated by the Southern Railway. It was used by 9,323 passengers in 2019. We left Tuscaloosa at 3.52, one hour and 50 minutes late. We seem to go from woodland to swamp to woodland to swamp in this part of Alabama. We're currently heading towards Utah. Utah is some 35 miles from Tuscaloosa, and the town has 27 pre-Civil War homes on the National Register of Historic Places. Plantations flourished there on the prime cotton band prior to the Civil War. We're currently travelling at about 80 miles an hour, the engineer with his hand hard on the horn, passing through a community where the only road appears to be a dirt track. We cross the Tom Bigbee River, a tributary of the Mobile River, which is the watershed which encompasses much of the rural coastal plain of western Alabama. It is a principal route of commercial navigation in the southern US, connected in its upper reaches to the Tennessee River via the Tennessee Tom Bigbee Waterway, which was completed in 1985. The sun is shining through the trees and the ground is illuminated with dappled sunlight. People are starting to have their dinners and the hospitality team are working yet again. They have worked incredibly hard on this journey and each of them must do many more than their 10,000 steps a day. the state line from Alabama to Mississippi. Our arrival in Meridian is later than scheduled. The city was established in 1860 at a railway junction and was burnt to the ground at the end of the Civil War. It was rebuilt and enjoyed a golden age until the 1930s. Its nine historic districts illustrate its rich history. The renovated multimodal station was the first historic reconstruction project to receive a grant from the state under the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act of 1991. Today Meridian is a city of 178 healthcare and social assistance institutions, 378 retail establishments, the headquarters of both Sarah Lee and the PV Electronics Corporation who make guitars and sound equipment. Union Station is in the Union Station Historic District and consists of the renovated surviving wing of the 1906 building with a new addition. It is used by Amtrak, Greyhound and other bus services. 
there are meeting rooms on the mezzanine level designed for community activities. The former Railway Express Agency building next to the station has been renovated as the Meridian Railroad Museum. In the 1850s, the Mobile and Ohio and the Alabama and Vicksburg lines formed a junction at Meridian. By the start of the 20th century, it had grown to become the largest city in Mississippi, with five major rail lines and 44 trains a day. The Meridian Terminal Company was formed to build a new passenger station. The station and Railway Express Agency were completed in August 1906 at a cost of quarter of a million dollars and were constructed in the Mission Revival style. The original station included a central tower which was demolished in the late 1940s. Further demolition took place in 1966 when all but the eastern wing was removed. In 2019, the station was used by 9,173 passengers. In 2021, during the COVID pandemic, numbers had dropped to 3,478. We left Meridian roughly 1 hour 40 minutes late, and now we're proceeding slowly out of town, past many sidings full of freight cars. The man with the microphone thanks the passengers and crew on train 19, the Crescent, which departed from Penn Station on Monday the 27th of June 2022. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment.